Hi, welcome to the Anti-People Pleasing Podcast. I'm your host, Jo Westwood, the Codependency Coach. Each week, I answer your questions on codependency, people-pleasing, and all things relationship-related, submitted to me via Instagram. Follow me on the gram at Jo Westwood to submit your questions in my stories every Monday. You can also click the link in the show notes to take you straight there. And if you enjoy the pod, please do me a solid and drop me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts, what us over 25s know as iTunes. Thanks, darlings. Okay, just want to give you a heads up for this first question. I am going to be discussing a very controlling relationship. If that's difficult for you to listen to, please take care of yourself and skip ahead the next 10 minutes or so. And I just want to clarify that I have changed all the identifiable details about this questioner to protect her. So Ashley, you actually had two questions for me and I know that you're going to be getting sent so much love and empathy as soon as I read these out. You asked... My partner keeps saying I'm the problem in our relationship. And how do I know if my partner is controlling me? I question myself constantly. So both of these questions kind of answer themselves. Often we spend hours, days, weeks and months agonizing over the shitty behavior of the people in our lives. When the answer was right there all along in the things that we were Googling, in the texts that we were sending to our friends, and in this case, the questions we submitted to a podcast. I did get a lot more detailed context from Ashley about the second question, which I'll break down and respond to in detail. But I'm also going to give a quick answer right here at the top as if I had no other context. Anyone that has you questioning yourself constantly is at best inconsiderate and a bad match for you someone who cannot or will not meet you halfway and give you the reassurance and security you can rightly expect in a healthy relationship, and at worst is gaslighting you and employing a strategy of emotional manipulation to steadily break down your sense of self-worth so they can keep using you and you won't leave because you don't feel good enough to. Anyone that consistently says you're the problem in the relationship, especially when you are walking on eggshells, desperately trying to do everything right, is at best very emotionally immature and unaware, and at worst, a nasty, controlling, gaslighting manipulator who cares not a dot for your emotional needs. I'm going to share a condensed list of the specifics that Ashley shared with me about her relationship. She said, I'm 26 and he's 34. We've been together for a few years and we have a child together. We've got a house and we run a business together. I don't ever go out and socialize other than to take my son out for days out with my family. I don't drink, smoke, and have never taken drugs. He was the opposite before we met, but we're both business-minded, so I think that's how we clicked so well. At the moment, he smokes weed in the evenings, and I think that's why he is the way he is. He's always asking me where I am, what I'm doing, who's texting me, and who I was on the phone to. I feel like I'm on eggshells because I don't want to upset him, and I don't really question why he's asking me all the time. When we have an argument, he gets very defensive and walks out and I will beg to be able to sit and talk and listen to each other, but he won't speak to me. He always says I'm the problem and until I change, then it won't work with us. I do feel like he's very insecure, but I am too. I know he's not had the best upbringing, but he won't ever be open about things. It's like he can't show his emotions. I'm so confused whether it's me or him. I feel like I always try my best, but it's always me who's the problem. 
I do wonder if the age gap is a part of why he treats me this way, because he views things a little differently being older. I know he hates me having my hair or makeup done. I've not cheated on him once. He's cheated on me more than once. I know I'm stupid for staying. I don't know what to do because I do love him, but it's draining me every day. I've suggested us going to counselling together, but he said no because he doesn't need help and that I'm the one who needs it. Okay, I'm going to break this one down very directly, point by point, but I hope that as with some of the other questions I've answered in previous episodes, that just hearing all this read back to you in my voice helps you to really hear the extent of the abuse that is happening here. You are not both business-minded. You, Ashley, are business-minded, and he likes that he has a partner trapped at home who funds his controlling, cheating, drug-taking lifestyle. If he was business-minded, why was he still partying hard in his 30s, and why did he not already have a successful business when you met and you were still in your very early 20s? He is not this way because he smokes weed. The drugs might make his behaviour worse, but he is this way because of his own unresolved trauma that he is projecting onto you. Women are not rehab centres for broken men. Even if he had a hard upbringing and he has some unresolved trauma, it is not your job to fix or rescue him, to feel sorry for him, make excuses for him, or try to understand his difficult childhood for him. You should not have to be a shock absorber for his unresolved shit. It does not work. It's called enabling. Whilst ever you stick around in this, you are telling him that his behaviour is in some way acceptable and you are also showing your child this. One thing he said is true. This will only change if you change. But what he means by that is that you will only stop arguing if you shrink yourself to such a small and hollow shell of yourself that you become completely unrecognisable. It will only change if you completely cut yourself off from your family and friends and dedicate yourself to being his emotional and I fear eventually his physical punching bag. He is telling you the truth when he says that he doesn't think he's the problem and he refuses to do anything about his abusive behaviour. He won't change. The only way this will ever get better is if you leave for the sake of your own safety and that of your child. Of course, Even that confession by accusation is actually also a lie because he will never stop telling you that you are the problem. However much you isolate yourself and dedicate yourself to this fearful, confusing and exhausting existence with him. He just keeps telling you to change so that you keep trying harder and harder to be the person he's telling you that you need to be for him to be happy. Except the goalposts will continually be moved and moved again because what he's asking for is bullshit. It's just abuse and control. And speaking of confession by accusation, this is a technique that manipulative and abusive people use to deflect from their own bad behaviour. It shows that on some level they are well aware of what they are doing because whenever they want to make you feel bad, they accuse you of doing the exact thing that they are doing. So in this instance, Your partner is paranoid and always checking up on you about who you have been talking to and he hates it when you get made up or post a nice picture of yourself on social media. I'm assuming he asks you who you're doing it for and makes you feel like you're cheating or putting yourself out there when you're not. You're just being a person who has conversations with people other than him and sometimes wears makeup and cute outfits. Ironically, he's the one cheating, and I'll bet more than you know of as well. 
He's projecting his own bad behavior onto you and you've started to internalize it and believe that it must be you who is doing something wrong. When the undeniable proof is there that it's actually him doing the thing he's accusing you of. If it makes you feel like you're going crazy, that's because that's exactly what it's meant to do. I can tell you unequivocally that it's him, not you. I'm going to repeat that. It is him, not you. The only part you have played is being young and naive and likely coming to this with some unresolved issues of your own, lacking in self-worth and not realizing that this person that you became infatuated with was actually employing a strategy of abuse on you to get you to enmesh with him so that you would feel unable to leave. And on that note, you do not love him. This is not love. Love does not control and abuse us. Love does not disrespect us. Love does not have us questioning our sense of self-worth, identity and sanity. Love is not an emotional roller coaster. Love feels steady and safe and predictable. The exact opposite of what you have with this man. How do you know that this is not love? Well, you love your kid, right? Would you ever treat them this way? Or want to see them treated this way by a partner? No, absolutely not. So use that as your barometer. This is not love. This is addiction, enmeshment, dysfunction and unresolved trauma being played out between you. Please do not try to rationalise or understand his behaviour. You do not need to know why he does it. Please trust me when I say that it does not matter and he will not change. If you haven't got the message this far, Ashley, I'll say it again. This man is using and abusing you and you must get out as soon as you safely can. Get your support crew rallied, make your plans quietly and get yourself and your kid out of this ASAP. Contact your local women's refuge service or charity who will be able to advise you on this. I know that might seem silly or dramatic or like you're taking services away from women who really need them because I know right now you can't see the full extent of what is happening to you and what the consequences are likely to be. But this is emotional abuse and control and these types of services know these patterns very well. They will be able to advise and support you how to get out safely because the truth is that this level of abuse and control is often the precursor to escalating physical and sexual violence. I know this feels massive and impossible right now, like you wouldn't even know how to get out of it or who you would be without him. This is exactly how this kind of abuse is meant to work. It makes you completely lose your sense of self. Those of us who work with it know it well, which is why I feel confident giving you advice here without any nuance. But it is possible to leave and rebuild your life. You will not be the first woman to do it, nor sadly the last. It does not have to be this way. You are worthy of a loving, healthy relationship with someone who cares for you and respects you. I've linked to some women's refuge services in the show notes and some sites that you can visit if you're in the UK, plus a list of international support numbers. I'm going to repeat this again because I am very concerned for your safety and your mental health, my lovely. It will be incredibly hard to leave, but you must leave. Do not stay with this man and please get back in touch with me to let me know if you need any further support. Okay. Next up, we have this from Kat, who asked, can you be love-bombed by a friend? It's stressing me out. 
This is going to be a short and not very sweet answer, Cat. Yes, absolutely. The dysfunctional dynamics that we might commonly think of as only existing in a romantic dynamic can be replicated in any relationship structure. For those of you who don't know, love bombing is what is officially known as the over-evaluation stage of a relationship. It's the first part of the cycle you will experience when connecting with someone narcissistic. The full cycle is over-evaluation, aka love bombing. This is when you are put on a pedestal, they mimic you, like everything you like, constantly compliment you and shower you with gifts and or affection. It typically lasts anything from a few weeks to a few months. Next, devaluation. This is when the love bombing tactics start to get withdrawn, sometimes bit by bit, sometimes quite suddenly, making you wonder what you did wrong to make them treat you differently. This is also when gaslighting begins. Hey, it feels like things have changed between us. What? No? Are you crazy? Nothing's changed. You're just being insecure and overthinking. Then, intermittent rewards. As you start to tire of just giving and giving without getting any of that initial hit of love bombing in return and start to emotionally withdraw in the relationship or begin talking about there being issues and needing to do something about them, you will be given intermittent rewards. You'll be given token gestures, a quick hit of that good feeling or some kindness or affection. Intermittent rewards often also look like material gifts as it's a lot of effort for a narcissistic person to emotionally connect and be genuinely kind and thoughtful. So think flowers, jewellery, a meal out or a weekend away in a fancy hotel. Then right back to the devaluation. This also works as a way to gaslight you because when you inevitably later bring up that the affection and connection seems to be gone again, they will point to that time they bought you flowers or a gift or you went away together. Well, that was nice, wasn't it? I work hard, you know. What more do you want from me? The gaslighting has you increasingly questioning your own sanity. In the same way that we train a dog to come back by always giving them a treat at first and then over time only giving them a treat sometimes when they come back, This is what is happening to you with intermittent rewards. And the final stage is discardment. When you are finally completely exhausted by the emotional roller coaster, when you have been used up and you feel like a shell of your former self, the narcissist will discard you. They will leave you, usually for someone else, or move on incredibly quickly, and it will be as if you never existed. What makes it a cycle is that if you let them, they will keep you on the back burner whilst you recoup some of your sense of worth and energy and pop back again to try their luck in the future when their current source is starting to run low. So that's a quick and dirty explainer for you on what love bombing is, what it means and where it fits within a larger cycle of dysfunctional behaviour. People with narcissistic behaviours and tendencies can show up in any part of our lives as romantic partners, family members, work colleagues or friends. And to round off, back to your question, Kat. As much as it's totally possible to get into a friendship with someone abusive, manipulative or narcissistic, it could also be the case that this person you're friends with is codependent and is overgiving in that way many of us know so well, so as to enmesh with you and be besties forever and ever, until of course the resentment grows and they feel like you aren't giving enough back, even though you never asked for all this stuff, all this effort in the first place, and it all blows up. Tune in to episode 11 for an in-depth look at what double codependency looks like. And now this from Rose. 
I'm in the very early stages of dating someone new after being single and coming out of a long-term relationship. From what he's saying to me, it sounds like he has no boundaries with his mom. Is this a red flag? Do I continue to date him or cut it off? So obviously I needed the gory details on this one and this is what Rose told me. He seems to have had a rocky relationship with his mom since being a child. She appears to call him at all hours of the day with no warning and wants him to spend lots of time at her house doing jobs for her. And most recently had an argument with him because he didn't tell her that he had a day off work, which resulted in her blocking him on Facebook. I feel so uneasy about the situation and can see the red flags piling up. I did ask him how he felt about the prospect of setting boundaries with her and he brushed it off saying she would only moan at him. It's only early days, but it's really putting me off him and I feel like I've slowly distanced myself the more I've heard about their relationship. Okay, babes, your guy is already in an enmeshed, very dysfunctional, controlling relationship with his mom. It's only early days, but already all these red flags. It will only get worse the longer you stay together. With a parent like this, she will either try to recruit you to help her control him or she will constantly try to do things to drive a wedge between you because you are taking her little boy away from her or you are a bad influence on him. You used to be such a good son, helping me all the time until you got this girlfriend. With someone like this, you either get in their slipstream and play by their rules or you feel their wrath. I went out with a guy once who was enmeshed with his mom. One day he just disappeared from my life and refused to speak to me anymore because he had to go home and be a dutiful husband. Sorry, I mean son. Later, I found out that he had gotten a mortgage so he could buy his mum's long-term rental property and move back in with her. Lol, so sexy, so appealing. If I were you, I'd end this before it gets messy and move on. This guy isn't willing or ready to set boundaries with his family and that never bodes well for any future relationship. Plus, it's just not hot, is it, babe? Next up, Tina asked, If someone is food shaming you, is this a red flag? The guy I've been dating for two months keeps commenting at the end of a meal, things like, wow, you're a fast eater. I'm not. At the end of a meal, well done. I don't know how you ate so much so quickly and talked so much. I'm so sorry. I I can't even read that with a straight face. I'm just keeping this part in. Okay. (laughs) Blah. This feels very weird and gross to me, Tina. Let's get into the nuance of it. I mean, it's just odd to comment on how someone eats or how much they're eating, especially if it's not anything out of the ordinary. Like, I'm guessing you're not sitting across from him swallowing hot dogs like you're at a county fair eating contest. Especially if you're dating them and therefore trying to endear yourself to them. It's also especially exhausting as a woman to have what we eat and how much we eat commented on after growing up in a society which has taught us to be dainty and small and polite and not do anything to appear shock horror too masculine, like heaven forbid, eat as much or more than our male partners. Bitch, I'm hungry. I'm going to eat as much as I want. So I'm going to give you one of my classic best case, worst case comparisons here. Best case scenario. He has his own hang-ups about food and body image, and by the sounds of it, some old-fashioned internalized ideas about how much food you should be eating or how fast you should be eating it. And he's unconsciously projecting that onto you with no idea how weird or off-kilter it sounds and feels. Worst case scenario He knows exactly what he's doing and is consciously trying to shame or embarrass you into eating less. 
What I would suggest is talking to him about it, asking him if he realises what he's doing and telling him that it doesn't feel good to you, that there's nothing out of the ordinary about how quickly you eat or how much you eat and that you want him to stop commenting on it. It's not relevant and it just feels gross to you. Then you get to see if he actually takes it on board or not, whether the behaviour changes or not. I feel like right now it's more of an amber flag, but it could definitely turn red if he doesn't listen and just keeps going with the weird condescending commentary after you've brought it up with him. I could also totally understand if this is just giving you the ick about him now. Even if he does stop with the comments, it might always feel like he's thinking those things and just trying really hard not to say them anymore. Eating is something we do pretty regularly, so if you can't feel comfortable doing it around your partner, probably best to cut your losses now and find someone who doesn't make you feel like a toddler who ate all their vegetables after every meal. And finally, a quick one from Carly that I think will resonate with lots of my anxious attachment babes out there. She said, I'm seeing a new guy. He's so not into his phone and I text constantly. Is this because he's well adjusted? Okay, so honestly, Carly, I have no idea what this guy's motivation is behind his phone use or lack of. Perhaps he has a much healthier relationship with technology than most of us. Maybe he's got a more avoidant attachment style and this is partly how it manifests, by not being very available or communicative. But there are two interesting things here. Firstly, you say you text constantly. Girl, what are you doing with your time? (laughs) Do you relate to having an anxious attachment style? Do you need that constant validation to feel secure? I would definitely work on that because I'm going to guess that you are spending hours and hours of your days thinking about your guy, thinking what to text him, wondering why he hasn't replied yet, opening WhatsApp to check when he was last online, reading back through the old messages to get the validation that you're hoping for from the replies that aren't coming fast enough for you. One of the most helpful and impactful things that my sponsor in Codependence Anonymous said to me was, What's Joe doing about Joe? In any moment when I feel myself obsessing over a person or situation, what could or should I be doing instead? Doing some work, walking my dogs, getting back to friends, going to see my family, cleaning my house, reading a book, literally anything else but obsessing and fantasizing. So definitely start working on healing that need in yourself for constant communication not for this guy, but for yourself. It's exhausting and pretty unproductive when you feel like you always need that. And the second thing, why are you asking me, girl? (laughs) Have you asked him? Have you checked in with him about his phone habits? Have you discussed your need for some more communication? Asking for constant texting probably isn't going to be the one, but it's totally reasonable to discuss if there's a way that you can meet in the middle. Perhaps he's better with a phone call or video call, a proper conversation where you can check in and discuss your day or the last couple of days rather than text throughout the day. If you don't ask, you'll never know. It's okay to ask for more communication if that's what genuinely works for you. Yes, it's a compromise on his part, but the likelihood is more communication from this dude will still feel like a compromise to you. Of course, the whole texting thing needs to be balanced out against the rest of the relationship. If he's making regular dates to see you, you get along well, he meets your must-haves and none of your red flags, episode 7 for those lists if you don't know, and is willing to find a way forward with you on the communication, then it might feel like it's worth sacrificing your ideal level of mutual screen time. 
And as always, if you weigh this up calmly and logically, and he's not willing to meet you in the middle, so it's still just not going to be enough for you, it's okay to let it go. There is someone out there who shares your love of sending random memes throughout the day and cute good morning texts, and it's okay not to settle for less than what works for you. Too long didn't listen. Work on that need for constant texting in yourself and talk to him. Try to find a way to meet in the middle that works for both of you. And babes, now I'd like to remind you that my codependency recovery community, Wildly Worthy, is open. For less than £50 a month, you can get access to weekly 90-minute Q&A coaching calls with me, as well as my full online codependency recovery course and a community of people who are all on this recovery journey with you. So that means a totally supportive, judgment-free zone. Wildly Worthy is open to all women and female socialized non-binary people. Thanks so much for tuning in. I hope you have enjoyed this episode of the Anti-People Pleasing Podcast. Don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to, or follow the pod. It helps more people find us and join the movement to have healthier, more fulfilling relationships. the end of a meal well done god this is so condescending (laughs) oh well done fucking awful i don't know how you ate so much so quickly and talked so much fuck it's like backhanded compliment after backhanded like it's not even a backhanded compliment is it it's just a fucking insult (laughs) like oh you're such a you're such a pig you you eat so much and you never fucking stop talking. Like, does this guy even fancy you? Like, is this some kind of weird nagging? Christ. God, it's the Wild West. At the end of a meal, well done. <laughs> I can't get over that. I... <laughs> as, if, as if you say well done to somebody that you're dating after they've finished their food. God, talk about unsexy. <laughs> Swallowing hot dogs. Minds out of the gutter, people. You're disgusting. All of you.